Welcome to the Genuine Contact Way podcast, where we are celebrating 20 years of the Genuine Contact Way of working. For the past 20 years, people from all over the world have been learning to work the Genuine Contact Way and have been making huge impacts, supporting organizations and communities to become highly successful in an atmosphere of constant change. My name is Anna Karoline, and I am here together with Doris Gottlieb, and together we are hosting this Genuine Contact Way podcast in 2020. We are part of the Global Genuine Contact Membership Organization, and we are also both co-owners, and we are dedicated to this way of working for many years. During this podcast, we we'll talk with members of our community and asking them how they apply the Genuine Contact Way of working within their different cultural contexts and work environments. And today we're talking with somebody who was there before I came in 2010. And Doris, I invite you to introduce our guest for today. And we already had such a wonderful conversation hanging out here before the podcast started. Hi, lovely to see everybody. I'm here to introduce Elizabeth, Elizabeth Tepper who is a really wonderful colleague. She's also someone I work quite closely with at the moment on the leadership management team of the Genuine Contact program. And so it's really fun to get an opportunity to introduce her in her fullness. Um, Elizabeth is a facilitator of transformational pro processes among people. And she's an extremely eclectic person. So when we were speaking about where she's from, she was born in Denmark. She moved as a child to Venezuela and also to Barbados. She lived for much of her adult life in Venezuela and over the last few years has moved to Spain. So she's really quite an international uh, member of our international community. Um, she's also had a really eclectic working life because she began her working life as um, a member in a large pharmaceutical company. She worked in charge of the sales force there. And at a certain point, or she worked for there for about 20 years. And then at a certain point, she decided that she really wanted to follow more of her heart. And in the early 2000s, she began to explore, to leave there and to explore many different avenues including genuine contact. Um, she's also working with tarot. She's working with the tree of life. She's working with organization constellations. You're working with um, NLP. So an extremely large backpack of many, many things that you've been working on to support people for their transformational processes. And um, we're here today, and I know that genuine contact is extremely important to you. I know that you're a really active member of our community, as I said, as a trainer, a co-owner, and a member of our leadership management team, where you've served three times. <clears throat> Excuse me. And I'm just really curious, Elizabeth, how is it that genuine contact is fitting into this very rich um, set of experiences that you have in your life and in your work? Thank you, and thank you both for having me here. Um, genuine contact just fits like a ring. It, it, uh, it just became, when I first got in touch with genuine contact, it just became my way of doing work. And uh, the beliefs and all that we learn just becomes interwoven with my life. 
So it's not something that I only do because it's part of my work or my job. It's also part of my life. I completely think that, uh, yeah, <laughs> genuine contact is my, is, it, it's in everything I do. <laughs> yeah. Can, can you, I know that's in everything is a, a big uh, piece, yeah. <laughs> but can you give us an example? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, um, I was thinking like uh, when I think about all the changes and the processes I've had to live, uh, one of the most important things that comes to me is to really understand that change is always there. It's always there. And even though we are in a special time in history right now, um, this has been part of my life like forever. It's been all, there's always change. So I, yeah, I was born in one country. I lived in another. Then we moved to another country as a child and came back. So these changes have been part of my life forever. And what I've learned in Genuine Contact is that being in change doesn't mean you don't, you can't prepare or you can't make plans. You can. It's kind of like, uh, sometimes when we are confronted with so many external changes, we believe we can't control anything or we can't make any changes for ourselves. And the truth is we can. And I think Genuine Contact somehow helps you realize this. And um, when you start thinking, you know, about being present, about telling your truth, about, you know, speaking your truth, about thinking about the community or also thinking about, you know, how to prepare and letting go of outcome for me has been like one of the major learnings yeah. in genuine contact. Yeah, I think it's important to just mention, because you were saying we're in special times right now, and we're reporting this podcast during the coronavirus lockdowns, actually. I know that you're locked down in Spain, and uh, Anna Carolina and I are in the Netherlands and in um, Berlin. And there's also lots of things going on in the world. So it's kind of a changing moment in the world. Um, so I think that was important to say. So when you're saying this, I think it's really important at this moment. And also that you have a lot of practice in this because um, you were saying your life has lots of change and you've been able to um, be really resilient about that. And I know when I met you, you went through what I felt was, was like a, um, yeah, really, really, I want to call it a calamitous, a huge change, which was that you had to leave Venezuela in order to, you essentially had to migrate from Venezuela due to the difficulties in the country to move to Spain and start your life again as a person, like quite an adult person, quite at the top of your, at your life. And you were saying this about letting go of attachment to outcome or about making plans. And I think it would be really fascinating to hear a little bit more about that. Like, how, how are you doing that? What, what is happening? Yeah, um, leaving Venezuela was one of the most difficult things I think I had to decide. One of those changes that came from inside. <laughs> and although they were, of course, uh, influenced by what was happening, it was also a decision of this is enough. Uh, when I felt my life was at risk at one moment, and I said, this is not natural, it's not natural to live in a in a country where you feel threatened 
uh, every time you leave your home. Like, you know, if you go out, you may get killed or, or something could happen. So this was like this situation. I just, you know, when the last drop falls in the glass and it, you know, it overflows. And that was when the decision came, but my business <laughs> was going really good. It was like in really flourishing. I think people in Venezuela, because they couldn't uh, travel that much uh, because of all the situation, there's no money, there's no flights, there's, you know, there's no dollars, there's no euros, uh, you had to stay home. So people were really also looking for things inside Venezuela, and it was a great moment for me. Genuine Contact started to open up in Venezuela at that time. Uh, I did like open uh, public offerings of the workshops, and they were really going really well. So deciding to leave that behind was very hard because it was coming to a different country and uh, but it was also for me one of the things in genuine contact that has helped me is to really understand that what what is the purpose going into the medicine world what's the purpose what's my purpose and my purpose has always been to be as happy as possible to be as happy as possible to be with my loved ones and and that was like yeah that was surmount. So it was like I needed to do whatever I, I needed to do to know that I could be near to my loved ones and, uh, and be as happy as I can in any situation. So for me, that is, uh, that was basically it. And I think Genuine Contact offers the tools, offers the, the philosophy, the way of being in Genuine Contact with yourself and with what's going on. So I'm not sure well, if I answered you. <laughs> I think it's so inspiring. What we talked about before you we started the recording was that you, before you left Venezuela, you um, had public open space conferences or open space gatherings with the title For the Love of Venezuela. Can you speak a little bit about um, who initiated that and who participated and what happened and wh what were the circumstances? Sure. Um, this started with the sense and the feeling that I needed to do something different, that I needed to, which is part of my way of my way of seeing people. I always believe that there is something magnificent in each one of us. In, each, in everybody. And we sometimes just cover it up with all the negative stuff that happens, but there's always something great going on inside. And, and you just have to tap in it, you know, just have to, hey, are you there? And, and it comes up and it flourishes. So when I did the open space trainings, I said, wow, and they were public, so I didn't have any, uh, I wasn't tied to any outcome for a company or an organization. They were public. They were my decision to, to, to offer. And I decided to have the, the trainees, those who were doing open space, prepare an open space with that title. Like, what can I do for the love of Venezuela? So that was the, uh, yeah, that was the title of those open space meetings. So it was open 
and people would come from different parts of, uh, especially Caracas, because that's where I lived. And so people would come for half a day or a full day, depending on the time we had, and just get together and talk about those things they could do. Like, what can you do for the love of Venezuela? You know, what, 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 what could happen? So many things came about, like, uh, yeah, let's uh, talk about the positive things of Venezuela in schools. There were teachers, so they would talk about that. Or let's uh, do something uh, like in big uh, events, we would have this mandala and we would like paint it in between, you know, many people and it would, and the title of the mandala would be For the Love of Venezuela. So it was like an hour dedicated just to going deep in your heart for the love of Venezuela. And um, so this uh, has happened. This happened uh, during the trainings, which was so beautiful. And people were so happy to just have this time to really realize that they had great ideas and they could do stuff, you know? And, and this was a very difficult time uh, socially. Venezuela was completely divided still is, but completely divided between good and bad, you know, and, and it depends, depending on which side of the, <laughs> of the street you were on, you were good or bad, you know, what t-shirt you were wearing, you were good or bad. So this was a moment to have everybody sitting together and there were people from different, you know, walks of life there. It was so beautiful. It was so heartwarming. So yeah, that's, that's what moved me to do this. And I think it, it, it helped a lot. And then I did it here. I also did it here when we had uh, a special day or something happening in Venezuela. I didn't do open space for the love of Venezuela, but some of the things that came out of those meetings also were reproduced here. So that's also great to know, like part of that also came to Spain for the love of Venezuela. <laughs> so I think what's really, really important, oh, excuse me, <clears throat> I'm just gonna clear my throat. Um, what I think is really fascinating and important about this is how you're talking about how by listening to what's important to you, by reflecting on your purpose, and also by, in a way, letting go of outcome, you were able to take action in really, really big crisis times when often people are paralyzed. So I, I just want to, I find that really, really fascinating. And um, I find it a fascinating part of your story. And it's interesting how Genuine Contact is helping you with that. Yeah, I, I think Genuine Contact, once I especially whole person process facilitation for me was so, such a, an eye-opener in terms of you can do anything with whole person process facilitation. You can teach anything. You can lead any kind of meeting or movement using what we learn in whole person process facilitation, which has been like there for me from the beginning. So even though I had already been teaching NLP or I was already a coach or I was already doing tarot or astrology or whatever, I would, I changed everything. <laughs> everything just turned around 
and and the amazing thing is even though yeah i had all the the knowledge maybe the information but to really understand that when you use what we learn in genuine contact we tap into the wisdom and 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 the knowledge and the light that is in people is for me one of the most fascinating things about genuine contact i think that's something i see doris nodding also something we all really experience and what brings us and lets us become so dedicated. And you spoke in the beginning that it fits like a ring on your finger, a genuine contact. It just becomes part of, I mean, those are my words, but of your identity and how you show up in the world. And um, the beauty of it is, and that I also hear in your sharing is, that it empowers us to come back to what's really important that everybody can be happy and everybody has this beautiful potential and not just potential, but how would you say that? Like creativity in us and love in us and wanting to connect and create something beautiful and because you knew open space and because you knew or know a whole person process facilitation, you're equipped to facilitate in all different circumstances. Again and again, you reinvent yourself in new places and in new circumstances and environments to facilitate meetings of people where they all contribute in ways that maybe they had forgotten themselves. And I, I'm just thinking that what you did in Venezuela back then is still relevant today. I think right now in April, 2020, we can um, also, there is a need for those conversations to happen in circle and for the love of The universe, I don't know. Is it the love for the universe or the love for the planet or the love for human beings? I don't know what would be my personal title, but something for the love. It's also this inner work and decisions that we have to make. How am I showing up here? And I have a feeling that in our genuine contact community, we really practice that on a daily basis as a framework, like, How am I showing up? What's my conscious choice? Who am I bringing to, uh, to the day? Is it my angry part? Is it my loving part? Is it my curious part or my judgmental part? And I feel like I can't fool myself for a very long time. I mean, I can show up unnerved or in a bad mood but i will basically just notice it quite quickly and also in the way that we meet with each other and i meet my colleagues if i don't reflect it and say like i'm grumpy today somebody else will just check in or or through the way we meet um we we have always time to show up and say how we are and then i become aware of who i am How, how do you both see that? Or please take, take from my little uh, philosophical excursion here. What do you want to add? Um, you, um, 
when you were talking, you reminded me of a situation. Um, I uh, started teaching, of course, uh, NLP. So I did all this, you know, six month course uh, based always in the whole person process facilitation container. And just in case somebody doesn't know NLP, can you say? Neuro-linguistic programming. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Thanks for reminding me. Yes, neuro-linguistic programming. So um, I was doing this training and uh, in the middle of the day, which was perfect because everything happens as it has to happen, yes. I was informed of the death of a friend. And I remember sitting in, in a space of what do I do now? Yeah, what should I do? I cried, of course. I cried, I cried, I cried. I knew I couldn't do anything because he, he was murdered. So it was a very complicated, oh, you know, <laughs> it was a police situation so it was terrible it was a terrible thing and I was like what do I do how can I help it was my question like how can I help and I have these people and they're coming back from lunch and we're continuing or or aren't we or are we so I, I stayed with that question for about half an hour and then and then I decided I, I can't do anything and and then I decided I'm, I'm going to continue. So do I tell him or shouldn't I tell him? You know, do I tell him this happened or should I just try to pretend nothing has happened, you know? And genuine contact just boo 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 boo. You have to be in genuine contact with yourself and you have to be in, and you want to be in genuine contact with yourself and with others and with the group. So when they came in, of course, they saw me all puffed up, you know, and um, so I told them, you know, uh, a terrible thing just happened. I didn't go into specifics. A terrible thing just happened. I can't do anything. So I will be here. So if you notice, I'm a bit strange or I'm gone for a while or, you know, if you notice I'm not fully present, please know it's because my head is in two places at the same time right now. My heart is in two places at the same time. And the training went, went wonderfully. Um, it, it flowed. It flowed. And I know it was because I said so. It was because I decided to be in genuine contact with the group. Because if not, if I had, which would have been my, you know, my behavior before is not to pretend nothing is happening. It would have, you know, people would have said, well, like, what's going on with her, you know? But when they already know something is not okay, when people know something is not okay, um, they, they just flow. People just flow. So I think they can flow because they don't have to um, react on your strange behavior because they know something is strange with you. So they can see you in a loving way and forgive you even if you behave a little bit strange or you're different than before lunch. Mm -hmm. And uh, then they can be in genuine contact with you and mm -hmm. then it can flow again because mm -hmm. somebody was also vulnerable and shared and opened up. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Doris, you want to add something? Yeah, because I also think the other thing that I really hear in your story is something about presence and about decisions and about choice and how you gave yourself the time, also in not knowing, 
and not knowing what the outcome would be, but to give yourself the time to think about it and say, how am I going to be present here? And in that moment, whatever choice you made, if you made the choice to stop that training, or if you made the choice to continue that training, you would be making the right choice, a good choice that I'm sure people would go back and go, that was a good choice. Because what you were doing was making a conscious decision based on um, realizing that you have um, the authority over your own decisions. And even when it's outside of your own control, you're having the authority of your own, of your own decisions. So that was something that really, really stuck in my mind. And it's something that I certainly think I've been learning working with Genuine Contact, both in my own life, like you're speaking about your life, also working with other people. How do I choose to do things? So I, I find that a really, really fascinating story. And I know that it's also a story where the actual event is outside your control. So that's also something that really hits me. And because uh, you couldn't, your decision couldn't change what happened to your friend. Yeah. I think in, in, in that, in this moment, uh, as Anna Carolina pointed out, April 2020, <laughs> where there's so much change going on in the world and we don't know what's going to happen because we don't. I think this is such a wonderful time to really understand what it means to be open to outcome and, uh, and see what's going to happen. Yeah, being open to outcome is one of the principles um, that Angelus Arian introduced uh, in the fourfold way. And um, Birgit Williams, the founder of the Genuine Contact program, she, when I did my train the trainer, she also introduced me to this principle of being open to outcome and one way to speak that openness in moments where I want to bring in judgment. Right now, I have a lot of judgment around the situation. And I was in the last couple of days contemplating about what I learned uh, in 2010 at my train the trainer. Instead of say, saying my judgment, maybe to become more curious or just say, this is interesting. And so I'm practicing this I'm open to outcome, which I don't feel I am. So I'm, I'm just saying, this is interesting. And first it comes like this, and then it comes like, oh, that's interesting. And I maybe don't really mean it, but then I say it again, it's interesting. And then I really find this place inside of me where I have a little bit of curiosity about this and a little bit of openness and detachment from outcome. And then I can say again, huh, April 2020, an interesting time and an interesting situation I find myself in. And I feel that inner transformation because when I'm more in my judgment around the situation, then I get very tense and I feel my body go together and I feel my focus is only on my judgment and... Um, and I don't have creativity in me. I don't have love in me. I don't have patience in me. I don't have 
really like sensory systems around my environment or other things that are also happening simultaneously. And so this being open to outcome, I, of course, have my life experience, but compared to your life experience, I feel it's just a really a tiny little bit of that real life experience of being open to outcome. But what you have shared here is this being open to outcome. You really had to a wonderful training throughout your life. How interesting your life is like this, that you are so strongly trained in being open to outcome. I, um, one of the things like sharing with my friends in Venezuela, friends who are not in Venezuela anymore, I, I was telling them, I was so happy. I, I guess you both, because we have shared work together and I've shared this like so many times, like for me, it's almost impossible to plan a week ahead. It, 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 was, it made no sense because you never knew what was going to happen. Yes, in, in Venezuela for many, many years. I remember doing, and this is before this situation, I remember doing profit plans or strategic planning. I said, what are you talking about? We don't even know what's going to happen. We would uh, like this, you know, put the finger up in the air and see what's going to happen, where the wind is blowing to do profit planning or whatever. And um, so I think also besides, you know, one of the great things about genuine contact is that it makes you see all of these things, at least for me and for those who I've trained in Venezuela, who are now outside, like they can see it and say, huh, it really, it really is, you know, whatever happens is what needs to happen. And, and we really feel it's true, you know, and we can prepare and be open to outcome because we've had like these two things going on simultaneously. We've had the, the terrible things going on in Venezuela where you couldn't plan anything. Or if you planned, you said, well, you know, I want to do a workshop, you know, on the 20th of May. And then, you know, the whole country falls apart. <laughs> and you say, well, maybe not the 20th. What about the 30th of June or something like that? You know, you would have to start doing things this way. And I think being in genuine contact and learning to be in genuine contact and doing your work the genuine contact way and I think that genuine contact is so important, these two words, is, is such a magical, a magic wand for those who are going through these uh, processes of change. Because it's, um, and especially when we, we can't control anything from the outside, but we can control what's going on here and how we you know, going on inside our hearts. I'm just saying here because you can see me, but I know others can't. So in our hearts and how we then can translate that to others and to the groups and the people that work with us and who live with us, people who live with us. I really find it so interesting what you were just saying. So I just wanted to jump in this idea of, well, actually, living in Venezuela in a way in that changeable environment. I mean, our environment's also really changeable here in the north of Europe. It's just that we've kind of punked it so that it doesn't feel like that. So we can imagine we make a strategic plan and it actually reflects reality as opposed to reflecting an intention or a direction where I might want to go. Um, and by you living in a country where the reality of life was absolutely like, you know, that this is not true, that this is, a, this is a con, this isn't the way it is, but you can still find your way through that 
by letting go of that control when you let go of outcome, but you remain true to the purpose and to the vision or to the direction that you're going in. So I think it's such a great way to see how um, like one of the beliefs in genuine contact is change is constant and it also comes with conflict and grief and learning to address those things is a way to, to work well and to thrive in that changing environment. And I think this was just such a great example of it. So uh, how letting go of outcome helps you do that and makes it real so that you're not like playing some kind of crazy game. Oh, we're going to make a strategy, but oops, the country just fell apart, you know, <laughs> and, but we have to keep to the strategy because we said that someday. So I think it shows how you can be very robust in creating those strategies, still letting them be realized when you let go of the attachment to the outcome and control. Yeah, it is so. You know, I really wanted to make sure that in our conversation, we also, and we are coming to the end. So it will be a very short, I don't know, how can I make this short, but Elizabeth, you have been serving on our leadership management team of the Genuine Contact organizations already three times and each time for several years. And I think it really speaks to your heart, how, you know, committed to you are to genuine contact and in supporting it to grow and in also i think it speaks to your own dedication to learn because having been on the leadership management team myself i know it's thomas often says it's like a university uh, when he takes many hours for meetings and he tells his wife and his family, you know, I, I'm on a university course. It's basically for free, but um, I uh, have to do my homework anyway. So uh, you also have been uh, so involved in ongoingly and maybe just it's not really so much time to speak about it, but what, what made you always come back to support the leadership management team and what have you loved most and you're still on the team right now? Do you want to just give us uh, some reflections about how that is and why you do that or anything you'd like to share? Yeah, I'll be happy. I, um, the first time I, 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 yeah, I jumped into the LM team, because <laughs> I usually jump in and then I decide, oh, I have to leave. <laughs> but yeah, I usually do that. That's kind of my way of doing things. So I jumped in. I just felt, and I still do, like being in the LM team is, uh, for me, a way of always being in contact with genuine contact. I think you said it beautifully. It's a way of learning because there's always like these new aspects of learning. Like we, and I, I share it a lot when in, during these two hour workshops we are offering all over the world. Um, one of the things I share and, uh, is the, the, the power of silence that we have learned in Genuine Contact. And, you know, and just sharing that we had a meeting not lately where we spent like 75% of the time in silence. Um, wow. <laughs> I remember yeah. that. Yes. <laughs> you can't even I think I heard about it. Yeah. It was like very intense, but it was so beautiful. And it was like, 
Wow. You know, it's, it's the possibility to be in the LM team, in the leadership management team, is the possibility of living German content. So for me, it's like to really be in the middle of, of the storm somehow, you know, to see how it's growing, to see how it, what's happening. And even although I feel like I'm, I don't do that much, uh, but I also feel it's like, wow, it, this is very selfish. But for me, it's like, I just feel it's so beautiful to be in the middle of it all, to, to really understand what's going on, to really learn learn to be in genuine contact that's that's for me is basically the reason i'm there <laughs> yeah thank you for being there elizabeth that's so wonderful that you support our organization um we are coming to the end of our um podcast here and i want to give all of us an opportunity to have some closing remarks but also maybe you you know, when we planned this podcast, you said, I really want to talk about something or Doris, you have, no, yeah, you can, Doris, you can put it in the closing reflection, but Elizabeth, if you have something before the closing reflection, you can say something now. <laughs> I'm just laughing. Thank you. I, I just want to say thank you. You made me uh, remember remember a whole bunch of things and remember a lot about my intentions and and of how much uh, I've learned in genuine contact and how much I know that um, and I know it's going to be a part of my life like forever and I always see there are so many new things you know showing up in the world and showing up in the world but nothing is as powerful as this and 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 it's because it touches our heart and that's it. It's, you know, I, I heard from Michael Lightweaver, he said, he talks about heart-centered leadership. And I think that's what genuine contact is. It's heart-centered leadership. So that's me. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> thank you. Doris, what are you taking from our conversation? Yeah, I'm taking um, a number of things. One is I'm taking the, like how much, first of all, Elizabeth, you're talking about to me resilience, which is kind of a buzzword often like, oh, we have to have resilience. You have to have this, you have to have that. And, but your story is a story of resilience, of constantly taking a next step, uh, finding a way and doing that by letting go of outcome and doing that by walking with these things that are valuable to you, like genuine contact is so valuable to you. I'm also taking away like personal feeling because I also work in the leadership management team and I feel like I need to say that um, I think you contribute a huge amount to the leadership management team. And one of the things that I learn about working there is some people in certain moments are more active, some people are more listening, some people are more reflective, and that that's also one of the beauties of being together in that team. So I just had to say, again, like, I think your presence in the team is extremely important. Um, and I think it's really inspiring to see how you have been able to take those circumstances that have been given to you and make decisions that help you create a life nurturing life for yourself. So um, yeah, that's, those are the things that keep coming up as I'm sitting here talking with you. What I also have on my mind is that 
we know each other for 10 years and only last year did we meet face to face for the first time. And it was such a special and not special situation because I just know you. So it's not special to meet you in person. And then also that realization, crazy, we have not met flesh to flesh, but I know you so well, it doesn't make a difference. So uh, that's also what's going through my mind. And in case you're part of our Genuine Contact community and you're part of our ongoing mentoring circle, which is uh, also our list, uh, we often uh, say, our email list, our international email list, I feel there, you know, because you're always present. It's a little bit like the weaving everything together. You can be sure that Elizabeth will also weave back and forth and um, yeah, you really hold it together um, in many special magic ways. And I'm so grateful that you're part of our community. And um, thank you for this podcast today. And I went back also a little bit in my own memory from the time when we worked together on the leadership team. I think the first time when there was all this turmoil going on in Venezuela and how maybe... It was a little bit part of our conversations in the meetings, but also at some point you stepped out because there was too much turmoil. And yeah, so my memory just brought, or this conversation just brought my memory back there, how, how long we are connected and how I'm a little bit part of uh, your life's journey and how we're continuing to learn together and yeah, for some reasons, I also always feel so we have had so many beautiful, crazy online meetings and circles together. So, oh, I'm looking forward to the future. And it's so nice to know that you say, you know, you're always going to stay. I have that feeling too. I'm always going to stay. So it's just nice to know um, how dedicated we are and we all do it in our own ways. And it's just wonderful to have this a couple of moments here together to record this podcast. And I feel that Doris and I, we have talked so much, maybe before I let people know where they can subscribe to the newsletter, maybe you do want to say something a little bit or shall I just jump on? I'm okay. I'm so happy. I'm, I'm just happy to have been here with you guys today. So thank you. Thank you. So beautiful. And I mean, yeah, do we do that usually, Doris, that we say like, you know, check out Elizabeth and maybe you can learn something and work with her. She's an amazing soul. She has so much to give. I think we haven't done that in the past, but it just comes out of my mouth. Check her out. She has amazing things to offer. I'm not going to say anything else. Thank you for listening to our podcast. Um, please check out the genuinecontact.net website where you learn more about this amazing approach towards personal development, leadership development, organizational development, community development, living with constant change, uh, being with grief, transforming grief, being open to outcome, everything that we have touched upon. And if you go to our website, you can also subscribe to our our to the genuine contact newsletter and you receive uh, news from the community you receive each new podcast that we release directly in your inbox and we just hope that you feel a little bit nourished from our conversation that you can you know digest what we have the seeds that we have sown and um please come back and connect with all of us because we just love if this community of 
inspired learning people is growing and uh, everybody can bring their shining hearts out more and connect with love and everything that we have talked about today so thank you so much and uh, have a wonderful rest of your day